getting beat by, by Owen Vanderbeek straight up is, is enough to make me put my car away for a while. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those reminders. What's that one saying? I'm always like, nothing reminds you more that you're racing a toy car than being beat by a nine-year-old. This is Alex Sturgeon from the Hobbytown Hobbyplex here for another fine edition of the Hobbyplex show. As with me, as always, is Will Brinton. And we would just like to say very quick before I forget uh, that this show is always brought to you by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them at pivotlending.com. Mention us and you will get a $500 lender credit or 0.125 off of your uh, overall interest rate if you're going to do either refinance, home loan, or any of their other services, I'm sure, uh, mentioning Hobbyplex. We'll get you somewhere because Aiden Olson's dad works there. Speaking of which, I lost by I lost to Aiden by 19 seconds on Saturday. What? I didn't race. You know how the J Concepts has that team report thing? Yeah. Well, I wanted to write. I haven't written it yet, but I wanted to write. Did crappy. Don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why didn't you do well? Well, part of it was just driver error. I made a couple stupid crashes, turned into the pipe at the bottom of that far hill over there when I was act- yeah. I was kind of catching Aiden, but not really. I mean, it was a tenth of a second here and there, and then he would pull away a little bit, and then I would pull away, you know, get back to him or whatever. But after that, it was over. First qualifier, we had nobody to run the races, so Jackson was, like, looking at me with puppy dog eyes, and I'm like, all right, you can do it. Well, I forgot to ent- to finish the last race, so it's control V or you use the the, the cursor. And so while we're getting set up, there were six of us. So we were all crossing the line and it would cause the computer to crash, you know, cause we, we don't have the greatest uh, computer in the whole wide world for running club races. That's yeah. What track does. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it got a lot better when we went to windows 10, when it was on window eight, the whole reason why I personally bought a, a really good laptop from lifetime was so that I had confidence in our, in our, uh, series races, summer series, winter series, and big races in a computer. Yeah. So I have this really fast laptop. Well, I only bring it out for the summer series, winter series, and big races. When we updated to windows 10, all those problems we had went away. It stopped acting goofy, but like, let's say somebody misses a lap and I have to add a lap real quick. That thing will yeah. sit and spin for way longer than it should. And it scares me every once in a while, but then it catches back up. Yeah. So I just, I just, stopped. <laughs> Part of it was I, I did one lap and then I heard Mason's car, uh, cause Mason Fuller was there and he hadn't been there all summer. Mason's car came across the loop and of course the transponder wasn't set up for him. So all you heard was the numbers and I'm just like, ah, whatever. I'll just go fix it and wait for the next round. Yeah. Next round I did. Okay. I didn't want to glue up any tires. So I just ran a set of silvers. I had lying around that still had mm-hmm. plenty of tread on him. It wouldn't have been the optimal tire, but I still qualified. Okay. Um, again, I crashed a whole bunch, you know, my head was just, was not in it. And then for the main, I put on my golds that I ran last week and, uh, they were really, they were really good. My car was really good. And I just screwed up a bunch, just driving dumb. Yeah. I had Emerson stay home cause he started school. So I didn't really want him to, I don't know. I just was like, you know what? You should probably stay home, go play with your friends or something. Yeah. You know, you need a day off every once in a while. That's true. I was going to race. But I'm out of tires and it's going to be like another week before we have any in stock. So, um, I've just been, 
I actually ordered all my carpet tires for mm-hmm. the carpet series. I have tires. I just, uh, I just didn't want to glue any. I wanted, I wanted to try to stretch out what I had another week. Yeah. You know? I don't blame you. So yeah, I was going to go in tonight and I was going to, I was basically going to take out the elevated corner that we have uh, mm-hmm. right at pit lane and uh, use that dirt to kind of fill in a section on the option line to make it a little different for next, for next week. But I'm going to have to do it all at once. So Rodney asked, are we still crawling? We are still crawling tomorrow because the other guys will still be there to work, but I just have to go in and open. But next week, I think I'm going to call crawling off at least organized. Everybody can always still come out because the outdoor crawling course is free unless we're having one of these events. You know, you pay 10 bucks, you, you, you get a chance to win five of it back. You know, I'm out there. I take the time to set up a course and to judge everybody and, to, um, you know, might make a change or two to the, to the course. So there is some work being done. So that's kind of why one of the reasons why we charge on Tuesdays. But also it's kind of like a combined night. So if you, if you have more than just crawling, you can always bring another car with you and you have access to the dirt track too, you know? Yeah, that's nice. Next week, I think I'm going to be working on the track. I think it's going to take me, it'll definitely take me all day now because I, I didn't, I wasn't able to splice it out into two different weekdays. Then I'm actually going to miss the next round of the summer series. Yeah, you said that. I'm going to be in uh, South Dakota. South in the Black Dakota. Hills, doing the family vacation up there. Yay. My vacation is the week before the summer series finals. No, round five, because I forgot we have October 3rd. So my, my vacation's in the middle of September, and I've, I've come up with what I'm going to do. I've got two weeks of vacation. Got to use it by November. So we're going to that Masters of Dirt Race in, at the end of October. But my first week of vacation is going to be a staycation. But I'm going to call it a creative uh, vacation because... I have two goals that I have. So for those of you listeners that are wondering why I'm an idiot and work at the hobby store, it's because I went to college for creative writing. Uh, that was my goal was to be able to, uh, to get into writing. Right. And now I work at a hobby store and I would do a bunch of RC car stuff. So I've had this short story that I had almost done and it was a long time ago. So remember when we went to the Reedy race in 14, yeah. And I went on our flight back. I had written out the first couple paragraphs of the short story with my laptop. Do you remember me showing you that? Yeah, I read it. That story I had almost all the way done and I was, I was finishing it. I, I, and my heart was really in it. And it was one of those like things where you're like, tap, 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 tap. You know, this is going to be great. This is gonna be great. And my computer crashed and I wasn't able to save it. And my hard drive quit. No, yeah, dude, totally. So it's like, it's like getting super far in Tomb Raider without saving and then dying. Yeah. And there's just, I'm just like, I don't really feel like writing all that again. Cause the inspiration for it is, is I've let it all go. Right. So several years have gone by that was 2014. So several years have gone by. I've tried many attempts to try to rewrite it and it just hasn't been out the same, but the last couple of weeks I've had the laptop out. I've been looking at it and I've been tapping away at it and, and I kind of feel like I can, I might be able to write it again. Mm-hmm. So my goal is that week to get, to get that written and done. This my first short story that I've written in a long time. I want to get it done. It was either, uh, Ernest Hemingway or, uh, Mark Twain that said, when you write something like you write a book or you write something, you should let it sit for a year and then come back to it and reread yeah, it. That's probably true. So back when I was in, in, in college, I was, 
I had, I had written this story and some of it was just crap. It was just trite. Is that right? The right word? It was garbage, but the main gist of the story I thought was good. And there's some parts in there that I'm going to reuse here eventually. Um, as far as the words go, but in the, the story never really meshed very well together. And it's because, and I look back on it now, this is almost 20 years later is the character that I was trying to write about. I was trying to make him a sympathetic character basically. Right. Okay. And, and it, it was kind of, it, it's kind of autobiographical, but not really. I mean, to a certain extent, I think everything you do in, in many ways can be autobiographical. Is that a word? That's a word. Anyways. Um, but, uh, so I was trying to make, uh, it was a story about this dude and his father. And I was trying to make the father, the butthole of the whole thing. You were supposed to just despise this, this father and be totally okay with how this dude was acting. Right. Yeah. Well, then it occurred to me later on that they're both buttholes and this guy shouldn't be sympathetic towards the character that's doing all this work. It's actually, he's the butthole. So once I flipped that, then that's where the inspiration came for the story that I'd written out. And then my computer crashed and then Derek Wood offered to take my hard drive from me and go hook it up to all of his computer stuff and see if he could extract it. And he was like, Nope, this thing's totally done. So the only way that I would have to extract it is to pay an ungodly amount of money and send it off. And I'm not going to do that because I don't have an ungodly amount of money for it. What's an ungodly amount of money? Like $500? Yeah, it was like, uh, when I looked at it, uh, there's like three stages to hard drive recovery and the stage that I wanted that I would first pay for, you have to pay for it in stages. So the first stage was like $700. This was a while ago, so maybe it's changed. But it got expensive, a couple thousand dollars to recover this data from, from this hard drive that's, that's bad. That's went bonkers. Wow. But yeah, I remember that night, it totally blue screened on me, right? I mean, I was literally a paragraph away from being done and I'm an idiot for not saving it. And now I look back on it and now that you got Google Drive and all these other cloud-based things, I, I, you know, it's a lot easier to, to save important stuff out there so that you can find it again. Yeah. Cause all my stories and all my, everything that I've written in college is all on like two thumb drives. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's pretty, pretty scary. You might lose all that. Anyways, what's going on with you? Uh, <laughs> that was I 10 a, minutes. <laughs> yeah. I did a scooter ride on Saturday. It was pretty cool. And you did that instead of coming to the track. Well, kinda, it was more like, um, I didn't have tires. So everybody needs a day off, man. Yeah. And I'm going to miss the next round of the summer series. So it was like, I'll just hit it hard. Like when I come back, yeah. you know, and I'm going to build, rebuild my carpet car and do that stuff. So it's not like I'm not doing anything, but yeah, I got my Zuma like where I want it. And I like that thing's such a pleasure to ride right now that it's like, I almost don't even want to. Is it a boss Haas? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's a boss Haas. Easy. It sounded good when we were behind you. When you were taking us out to lunch, it, was, it sounded like a, it sounded like, it sounded like a Mario Kart cart. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I always thought it sounded kind of like a dirt bike, but yeah, I could yeah, see that. I don't know. It's, uh, these guys bought one for mm-hmm. themselves and uh, they're going to share it and it's really nice. And then I looked at one that looked a lot more like your Zuma yeah. and it was a 170. Mm-hmm. fuel injected. And that's, that's about as much as you're going to get from me. Cause if the audience knows, I don't know what any of that means. 
But uh, I checked. I, I I did the credit check, and I got approved. And then I look, and then I I had him tally it up, and it was just going to be too much to add on to my car payment right now. Maybe yeah. next, maybe next year. Well, it's kind of like late in the year, like unless it's something that you really wanted. Like it's getting to be like, you know. Well, I don't know. We probably got like a couple months, three months left. We do, but here. So I've always, I've had in the back of my mind that to get something else other than my big, uh, it's not even big, but my, my truck's a gas guzzler, right? So going back and forth to work, that's all I would really want to use it for. But I got to tell you, man, Omaha is a pretty scary place to drive a scooter in, especially where yeah. I live. Mm-hmm. So state street's just a two lane, a two lane highway that connects, uh, one of the highways to suburbia, which is where I live now. Mm-hmm. And, and dude, I mean, I do 65 on it and you're supposed to do 45. So, uh, if you don't do 60 or 65, you get your lights flashed at you. You get people that pass you in illegal ways. You get like Mm -hmm. people that ride your tail. They'll honk at you. It's crazy. I would not want to be on a scooter on state street when all that's going around. So I would have to find an alternate route. What I would consider to be a little bit safer if I was going to own one of those. Omaha is not a very friendly bicycle or motorcycle scooter town at least yeah. at least west omaha downtown's probably okay but west omaha is most most people want to get home and they want to get home as fast as possible and if you're in their way sucks to be you like that's that's what yeah. it's like out here lincoln's pretty good about like i don't know we have like bike lanes everywhere and mm-hmm. um the there isn't like any you don't have to take interstate to get to one side of town to the other right so it's kind of nice that like you could literally, if I had scooter only did like 25 miles an hour, we'll say, or 30 tops, you could take side streets everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where I live, you'd have to take Ida cause it's a little bit more side streety. Yeah. But it'd still be a little hairy and I wouldn't, I would probably wouldn't ride it during rush hour at all. Yeah. I, uh, I ordered some J concept stuff to trick out my uh, carpet two wheel. Um, I got like their shock towers for the B6.2 and uh, a few other like blingy things. Just, I was like, yeah, what the heck? You know, look at that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm uh, I'll probably join you on the scooter racket next year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I should be able to afford it. That'd be cool. I'll, I should still have mine by then. Yeah. I, I just don't th- see any reason to get rid of it. Like I'm only like, what, $400 into it? Yeah. Okay. My truck's going to get paid off in three years when Emerson's 16. And I don't yeah. plan on buying a new vehicle after that. Right. I don't plan on it, but, um, I mean, Emerson will need transportation, but we're going to make him work for it. So. Right. That's good. If he treats a real car, any way that he treats his RC cars, we're going to be in deep crap though. Yeah. Well, that's why he needs to buy his own car. <laughs> he blows through a set of tires like every day. It's stupid. Yeah. yeah, he needs to get like some old like a grandma's like little lady's car. Like a nineteen eighty five Chevrolet celebrity. <laughs> Did they make that in that year? I don't know. I just I just know the square the old square body eighties cars that were Cavaliers, celebrities. Yeah, he's other? like an Oldsmobile Cutlass. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the with the the one with the inline six in it, they got okay mileage so he doesn't like just drive everywhere yeah but yeah something like that he's got to buy it himself so he takes care of it exactly what's new
I got to get this in really fast. It's really important. Kurt Schlichter. You know who that is? No. He's, he's a guy that owns uh, the Ohio RC, Ohio RC. I think it's a factory where they hold the CRC race every year. Oh, okay. Dude, his house burned to the ground. What? Yes. He, they had a house fire. It's a total loss. Like his house is gone. I think his car is gone. I think they just had a cat like return as I was reading the post yesterday. So no, I believe that there is a GoFundMe account set up. That is terrible. You know, you think about it. It's like somebody's house burns down. They don't have a damn toothbrush. Well, that is like, yeah, it's it's not just that. I mean, this is a, a, a fairly substantial part of RC car racing. Yeah. So Dalton Myers has a GoFundMe account set up. What happened? What was it? What was the cause of the fire? I really didn't read into it that much, but let's see if I can find it. So I think Dalton said he might be coming for this next round of the summer series. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, uh, GoFundMe account set up for helping the Schlichter family. Uh, their goal is 15,000. They've this so far they've raised 8,355 bucks. Wow. So if you can get on GoFundMe and throw them some funds so that they can get kind of helped along in their rebuild, that'd be awesome because that is a, that's basically the first stop on the yearly circuit of RC car racing. Yeah. Well, the Reedy race then that one. Yeah. Well, right. No, or is that no, no, or no, is no, the, Reedy, the CRC RC the CRC first? race is usually first. It's usually the, the okay. one of the first or second weekends for the electric. And then they have a nitro race after that. And then like two weeks later is the Reedy race. Okay. So it's Schlichter, S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R. So we got some new products in at the Plex. Have you seen, uh, have you seen some of that new Arma stuff coming out like the, um, the felony? I saw a few, but I didn't look at it. <laughs> I just saw it like come up on my Facebook or something, but I've been so busy at work with, since we're a guy down. Like, yeah. So one of the interesting things about having a YouTube channel that correlates with your, with your hobby store is doing these unboxings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing unboxings since I saw that that was a thing. It was like three years ago. I'm like, Oh, they do that. That's all you need to do is just open it up and show people what it is. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. So I started doing that. And most of the unboxings are the most popular videos I have. So they have, there's our how to's, which get pretty good our unboxings, which get pretty good. The rest of it, you know, it's, it's kind of hit or miss as to whether we even get 300 views. Usually the one that really caught my attention though, was, uh, the infraction. So when that first came out, you know, we got the early, the early release thing from horizon hobby and immediately got like 15,000 views in a matter of a week, which blew my mind. And uh, since then I just looked, it has like 27,000 views since then. So it's, it's definitely the, the, the biggest video I got. You can kind of tell in my opinion now what's probably going to sell well based on the response that you get from these unboxing videos or first look videos, whatever you want to call them. I kind of gotten tired of doing unboxing videos because I can't stand and I've tried watching other people's unboxing videos and they just sit there and fiddle with the box for like five minutes. So yeah. I stopped doing that part. I just, I go in beforehand. I make sure the car is ready to go so I don't waste time. And I just have that thing out so people can see it. Yeah. So I like calling them first look videos now. Okay. So the felony as of right now has like 4,000 views uh, within a few days. The Haas, the Traxxas Haas, which is essentially 
a, uh, a new version of a Traxxas Stampede 4x4 mm-hmm. has, well, at one time it was one third the views of the felony and, and we did them on the exact same day, but now it's about half. So there's about 2000 views on the Haas and there's about 4,000 views on the felony so far. So I think just based on that, I think the felony is going to probably sell pretty well and people are actually pretty hyped to anticipate it for, you know, and like to get it there. It's something that really interests them. Part of it's the body because the body's cool. It's kind of a mix mash of a Camaro. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things that associated did where they came out with a body. That's very, they call it eighties inspired. So it's kind of a mix mash of all three major truck brands. This is kind of a Camaro slash Mustang ish lookish body. The Haas is interesting. So the, the Traxxas Haas we got on the exact same day. It has uh, essentially the same chassis as a Stampede Rustler 4x4. It's got its own shock towers like the Rustler 4x4, uh, different tires. The main difference between it and a Stampede 4x4 is the motor. That's really it. It's a, it's a longer, bigger motor. So it's like a... The like high, high torque? Yeah. Something, something... The one can, yeah, uh, pole motor, yeah. Valenian XL or something like that. Now that I put myself okay. on the spot, but you know what wouldn't surprise me though, and I've been I've been thinking about this is when Traxxas came out the Revo 2.0, they very quietly discontinued the Emacs. Oh yeah, there was no announcement, no nothing. They just stopped making it. So I started thinking about it. And I'm like, well, what if, what if they just discontinue the stampede four by four. And this basically is their new stampede four by four. Cause that's one of the things too is YouTube, man, you guys, uh, not, not the viewers we have here right now, but maybe the viewers later, some of you guys are just straight up mean, like in your comments and stuff like yeah. the felony didn't get that many negative comments on the car. But the Haas definitely did. There was a lot of comments like that's the way to just rebadge a stampede. Traxxas, Traxxas sucks, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't that much on the Arma, even though the, the, the felony is basically just a rebranded infraction. Hmm. Like there's some upgrades on it for sure. But it, but other than that, it's just, it's, it's just a newer version of the infraction. So they're kind of doing the same thing, but it just has a different body and it's got that safety stuff on it and different differentials and all that. So it's different from the original, but it's still when the, when the infraction V2 comes out, that'll have a handbrake. So I guess that makes it different, but the rest of it, those comments were mostly about me. <laughs> yeah. I had a rough Thursday, man. I got to stop reading those things. Cause some of them were just like, how can this guy work at a hobby store and blah, 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 blah. So and you're like, do you know who you're talking to? Here? Dude. So like, <laughs> well, not only that, but, but a lot of it is self-deprecating humor. I try to pull off and obviously I'm not a comedian either. <laughs> Maybe it didn't hit. I don't know, but you're like, it, you're like no respect. You got no respect. No, I got no respect. <laughs> so I don't know. You're like, you're like this, this RC car looks pretty good. Does it come with a free bowl of soup? then some guys buying it and you're like oh it looks good on you though (laughs) absolutely thank you maybe i need to do an unboxing video yeah we should do one together i should bring you up because there's going to be more so we've got the infraction v2 the outcast 8s which i 
I don't understand why we don't even have those yet because I've seen them at West Coast Hobby Stores and now East Coast Hobby Stores. So hopefully we're getting ours very soon. I stopped by Hobby Town today before I got here and I didn't see him back there. So, so we got that coming. There's, um, I think there's quite a few more Arma stuff coming out. I don't know the exact names of stuff, but I, I do know that there's a lot of releases on the way. Yeah. I, I got AJ Morasco with that in St. Louis, that joke. Oh, yeah. uh, I was, they were talking about racing stock and he was putting right next to me. And I said like, ah, stock's dumb. It's like stupid and slow. Huh. Like, Trace modified or whatever. I look over and I go, oh, he's staring at me. I go, oh, uh, it looks good on you, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty funny. Anyway. That is pretty funny. So we got that. And then uh, did we talk about the laser nut? Yeah, we did. I remember. Laser nut. Laser nut? Laser nut. And that one's in third place right now. So if you're going by unboxing views in the last week, the laser nut is third. Mm -hmm. The Haas is second. And the felony is definitely first. What's the laser nut? It's a four by four U four off-road racer, rock racer. Yeah. It's like laser good nuts better. Well, no, there's an actual company <laughs> called laser nut. I did not know this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that, but they make uh, they're like manufacturing and like laser cutting stuff. So laser nut. Oh, yeah. I didn't know okay, that. Okay. I knew that now. I didn't know that. Maybe I shouldn't work in a hobby store. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, I don't anymore. I used like, to. I should have copied them. So what I was thinking about, I I deleted some of them because they were just so mean. I was like, I'm. This is stupid. This guy's got to go. So I deleted a whole bunch. This of is them. a family podcast. There, this is a family show. But I should have taken screenshots of them though, so that we could repeat them verbatim on the show. Yeah, you should have took screenshots of them and then like in your next unboxing video, you like pull them up and have them on the screen and you're like, I'm working on this. <laughs> like I'm trying to do this better for this guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. According to like, uh, I don't know, Chunky Lover 69 or whatever his <laughs> name is. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, I need to do better at this. So here it is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was going to write, I was on one of them. I was going to write, we're almost done with this, but I was going to write, um, I am sorry that I did not uh, grow up with a crescent wrench in my hand. I was busy holding a Futaba Magnum Jr. He said he didn't, he didn't grow up with a crescent wrench in his hands. I don't know. I don't know what it, it didn't really say that, but, but the point is, is that I didn't know, I don't know the terminology for like hood scoops and Oh. Vents and remember, I texted okay. you. I'm like, hey, what's the what's what do we call that thing on the back of the car underneath the car? And it was a diffuser. Yeah. So I'm doing this unboxing, and I know what this thing is called. I know it, but I'm having a brain fart, and I don't. I I. It was one of those things where I I I knew I needed to talk about it, but I couldn't remember the name of it, so I just sort of like passed over it. And then afterwards, yeah. I'm like, I should have called that thing a diffuser. Like I yeah. knew exactly what that was. Well, like if somebody were to say, like, I grew up with the, I, or this guy obviously didn't grow up with the crescent wrench in his hand. I would say I grew up with the right size wrench in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Instead Damn. of an adjustable piece of garbage. 10 millimeter. I have all of your 10 mils. Yeah. Come, come get them. Come get them. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Right now they're available to look at. So we don't have any for sale yet, but very soon we had somebody get, somebody actually offered us a thousand dollars for the felony the other day. Really? Yeah. It's a $1,000 felony. I know. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we can do that yet or not. Cause we try to stay, mm-hmm. not try. We trade, we stay true to what 
is uh, being expected of us. You're not supposed to sell those cars. So you can get yeah. your dealership pulled if you do. So right. can't do it. Yeah. That's probably, you know, like quick money now, losing money later type yeah. thing. I hope, I really hope that Traxxas continues to use the Haas. I would love to see a truck called the big Haas. Yeah. I think it'd be so it funny. Is. And then boss Haas, like that would be pretty funny too. Yeah. There's this guy that is from Minnesota that I used to work with. Those used to call me Haas. This is the first Haas. time I ever heard Haas. Well, when I think of Haas, I think of Dukes of Hazard for some reason. Yeah, I I never watched that it's show. Boss Hog, not Boss Haas. Yeah, it's Boss Hog. Weird. You weren't alive when Dukes of Hazard was around, were you? No, yeah, I was. The car movie. I know. I know the the Pukes of Hazard wasn't a movie, but the the movie that I watched like with cars is Smokey and the Bandit. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, good one. The only reason to watch Dukes had the new Dukes of Hazard movie was Jessica Simpson in a bikini. Yeah, that was legit the only reason to watch that show, mm-hmm. that movie. But I had a Matchbox Dukes of Hazard playset. So mm-hmm. I we had a mat that you could roll out, and it was Hazard County, and then you had these Matchbox Hot Wheels cars. One was a sheriff. One was Boss Hogs convertible. And then of course you had the, you had the challenger yeah. and, uh, and then the toy, the, the, the Jeep. I had that too. Mm-hmm. I remember playing with these when I was like two and three years old. Was there like a ramp and you take the car and like jump it off the ramp and then like stop like midway in the air. And you're like in a little, like a little kid and you're like, them Duke boys better grow some wings. I better stop flapping their arms and then like <laughs> land it. <laughs> oh man. That would be funny. I, the, my memory, my memory only, my memory only remembers the mat and the cars. And I know that I had at least the sheriff's car probably till I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. I don't know what happened to all that stuff after yeah. that, but I beat my head against the wall every single day that I exist. When I think of all these cool toys, toys I had and how much they're worth now. Yeah. Unopened <laughs> or even just opened. Like I had, I had the GI Joe black Mamba. Okay. That was a, that was a multi-rotored helicopter at an angle and you would, you would do this thing and, and, and you would, would you pull on it? I think you would pull on it and it would rotate. Like I had that. I saw that yeah. thing at the Imaginarium the other day. They want 150 freaking dollars for it, huh. which means for an open one, which means that I could have gone in there and been like, Oh, give me 75 bucks for this. You know, if I would yeah. still had that thing, I had, uh, I had go bots. Yeah. I was my my family wasn't cool enough for transformers, but I had go bots. <laughs> I had uh, uh, remember you. No, you probably don't remember because uh, you're ten years younger than I am. Do you know the cartoon Mask? Like the Jim Carrey movie? No, no, it's a cartoon. M A S K M M dot A dot S. I don't know what it stands for. I can't remember. But anyways, they're basically kind of like Transformers, kind of another knockoff version of Transformers. I had several of those toys. They were actually really cool toys too. Those were all cartoons that were designed to sell, sell action toys. figures. I know it was like backwards. No, I totally know. Like <laughs> I had a lot of He-Man, a lot of He-Man. I had a She-Ra doll, by the way. Nice. We went to the, we went to the Benson drive, drive-in theater and and sat there for a She-Ra movie. And then afterwards I had to have a She-Ra doll. And mm-hmm. my dad's like, you want a She-Ra doll? And I'm like, yeah, I want a She-Ra doll. And so, um, I had one, it was in one of my, uh, it was stuffed in my, um, 
Christmas stocking. Hmm. And it's basically a Barbie doll. That's all it was. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know what else I had? I had, uh, speaking of He-Man, I had Skeletor's. Oh God. What? I had Grayskull and I had the other one. And I can't remember what the other one was called. The other one had a microphone and you would talk in it and you could move the mouth of the thing and talk through it. It was so awesome. God, that was awesome back then. The, the, the action figure toys that I had when I was a kid was Crash Dummies. You remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of those. And I still have them, actually. But they're all opened and played yeah. with. But yep. yep. Dumb. All that stuff probably got tossed, probably got thrown away. Yeah. I have like the, I have the crash dummy, like crash test, like facility. And you can like put, like crash the car into the wall and like the everything goes flying and there's like, stuff nice <laughs> and like the car like the whole front end collapses and the front tires shoot off of it and the the hood comes off or not the hood like the the um like the top of the car what do you call that the roof the roof, the roof comes off <laughs> and then there's like an air airbag you don't know what like, you're talking about you better get off of youtube yeah that's fine whatever i'll go <laughs> and uh there's like this airbag that's like this foam and you like stuff it into the into the steering column and like snap on the steering wheel. And then when you like crash it, something like comes out and pushes the airbag out. Like, could you imagine like trying to engineer something like that yeah. or make design something like that in the nineties? Something that's like designed to look crashed. Yeah. And then I had this, there's this uh, character bowl and he had this big old pickup truck and like you push a button and like the horns would like shoot up, shoot out and like hit stuff. And like, if you, uh, flip this switch on it. If it rolled so far, it just like the front end would like fl- come springing off of it. And like all the characters go flying is pretty cool. <laughs> I had a uh, spy tech and I had survivor shot. Those were two of the greatest, um, late eighties, early nineties toys ever. Survivor shot was basically laser tag. Yeah. And there's this green terminator looking machine gun. And then mm-hmm. you would wear this headset and it had a sensor on it and then it had a little thing and it would go and buzz your head if you got hit mm-hmm. and you could put this gun into a sniper mode. So it would only shoot one shot or auto yeah. mode where it'd go. But here's the kicker. This is the dumbest thing ever. I don't know why they, well, I know why they did it this way, but if you didn't hit the reload button, you would run out of ammo forever. Oh, really? So I ran this thing out of ammo once because like a whole, all my neighborhood kids, we used to play guns, right? This is the eighties when you could do that. We used to run around the, the whole area with realistic looking plastic guns and pretend to shoot each other. And then it evolved into all of us wanting to get survivor to survivor shot. So it was like three or four of us that had survivor shot. I ran mine out of ammo. It stopped working. My dad had to take it back to Toys R Us and get a new one because I ran it out of ammo. Isn't that dumb? Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. So we did that. I left mine in our, a tree fort and it got wet and then I ruined it. So we couldn't take it back after that. But, uh, but that was pretty awesome. Okay. One more toy. Yeah, one do, you more remember toy. The, do you remember the Tonka chainsaw? You, you ever have one of those? So it was a Tonka truck and it had like an engine, like on the front of it, like a, like a big blower thing. And you push it had like this, this handle on the back that you'd pull on it, like a chainsaw. Hmm. And it had like a, like a, centrifugal thing in there and then you put that it like engaged it and it like take off and like crash and oh, stuff. Oh really? No, I don't I don't huh? remember that one. 
yeah, I have, I still have it. Uh, but I think it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. That is like something you don't see anymore. Yeah. I walk, I walk through Walmart every once in a while, look in the toilet. Actually, that's my go-to aisle still to this day is I'll just, whenever I'm going with Gretchen to go shopping, uh, Emerson and I veer off and we go to the toy aisle and just hang out in the toil until we get a text saying, Hey, I'm ready. Yeah. So, uh, but I walk through, there really isn't as much cool stuff as, as I think there used to be. A lot of it's because of the safety issue, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, there's, they definitely sell a lot less wood burning kits to little kids. Right. Right. <laughs> they, do make, they do make Nerf swords. Yeah. That you can hit each other with at full, at like full speed and it doesn't really hurt you that much. And then, uh, Nerf guns are still a big thing though. We, we've got a pretty good selection of Nerf at, at the store. I, I had a Nerf, Nerf bazooka. Yeah. And shoot, shoot a Nerf fo- uh, football. <laughs> I think it was cool. Yeah. I used to love getting Nerf footballs for Christmas because you'd always pick at them and then they'd, then they get torn or they get wet and then they, and then they, then start they just to fall, fall apart. They just fall apart. Like you get that one little dent in them yeah. and then they just like shred. Like there's nothing left of them. <laughs> Okay. I got a funny nerf story. Uh, okay, cool. it's really funny. So my friend, Mike, uh, so I lived in Kansas for nine months. Okay. Before my parents divorced, uh, they gave one less go and they moved to Kansas and I had my friend, Mike who lives across the street. We were pretty close. Um, good buddies. Um, we actually stored Molotov cocktails in each other's, uh, houses because we watched red Dawn so much that we were ready for the uh, Russian invasion. So we, so somewhere, I don't know if, oh, I, I yeah, don't know if I've talked about be. this on here before, but at my old house where I grew up in, there is a buried wooden toy box full of glass Sprite bottles filled with gasoline. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So one day they're going to find it and be like, what's this? And, ah, so Anyways, so we moved to, uh, we moved to Kansas and, uh, we were sitting there, we were both in RC cars and we both had RC car magazines and we were trying to talk each other into buying, uh, or getting our parents to buy RC 10 T's at the time. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. that had just come out. They had that car action cover with the slide and the, the cow paint job on it. And, uh, oh, we were both, yeah. we were both in the, the room. The cliff yeah. The cliffflet truck. And we were playing, um, you know, we were sitting there messing with it with the magazine saying which one we wanted all that stuff. And then we were playing Nerf foot uh, basketball. I had this little basketball hoop with a little Nerf Nerf uh, basketball, you know, the little scrunchy things or whatever. And you could bounce them off different areas and make it into the hoop or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was underneath the basket and I got past Mike, Mike passed it to me. And then I, I did a layup with this. And as I was looking up and it made it into the thing, a little fragment of Nerf ball landed in my eye. Nice. And I couldn't get it out. So I started scratching it to, you know, I started trying to picking at it to try to get this piece of nerf out of my eye and it made it worse. And I just scratched my eye. So I had to get taken to the eye doctor, which was not an easy thing to do because we lived 25 miles North of Topeka in a tiny little town. So it had to be set up the next day and they put that radiation. It wasn't not radiation, but they put that, that stuff in your eye that can glow. So they can see it. They're like, yeah, your eyes all scratched up. And they went in there with thing and he picked out the little pieces of nerf. And then I had to wear an eye patch for a week. (laughs) Yar, maybe. Yar. Yar. I got made fun of pretty bad for the, for the whole eye patch thing. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) You sure it was for the eye patch? (laughs) Yeah. You know, we raced this week. 
Yeah. And, uh, oh, Nate Will says that it was Snake Mountain. So you had Grayskull and Snake Mountain. That was the two uh, pieces. I had both of those. God, that's so awesome. I miss those days. I never played with He-Man toys. I think it was past you, though. Yeah, I had a cousin that was really into it. I just thought it, I never was really into superheroes. Never did like it. Never get it. I didn't have an imagination. I was a real cynical little kid. Mm. Like I, just, <laughs> I would imagine like Batman, the animated series, and and uh, like shows. I had like, friends that were really into it. I just never really? got it. I, yeah. mm, I didn't have enough imagination. Well, that's too bad. But I think I, I think I did have a lot of imagination, but it was like. I, the the ability to envision something and see through like and it ain't real right you know you're like um we can't use cuss words on here but there's that South Park episode where Stan turns yeah. into a a cynical butthole I was exactly like that yeah I gotta find it hang on a second here let us see live oh. live RC what are you doing are you cutting your fingernails off again no I just uh like I was taking my slipper apart off of my carpet car oh. and the, the <laughs> I got this thing so smoking hot <laughs> that's that's that, that like I snapped the or I pulled the 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 slipper pad off of it and it was oh. like, like <laughs> there was a guy that came in this week with a with a slipper clutch that was melted to his uh slipper pads. It usually happens on Traxxas cars. My yeah. mine didn't melt. I just I I just like like got that pad that hot. Yeah. And you, you pretty much like you run them like on the, like I run two fans on my two yeah. wheel. Like I run one on the slipper and I run one on the motor. <laughs> so I, I was tempted to sell, I have a, I have, I have a five, five motor and two six fives and I was tempted to sell all three of them this summer. But then I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. We're racing carpet. Yeah. Get a motor. No, up. I, yeah. Well, I'm, I run a six, five with a, 13 O or whatever rotor, mm-hmm. like the high torque rotor for braking. All right. So we had, we had a pretty good day. Uh, so we've had this summer anywhere. I think the lowest club race turnout we've had is about 40. And I think the most is about 80. And this weekend we had 48 entries uh, with 28 total drivers. And I think it was one of those weeks that you kind of felt like, I kind of felt going into it that there, there might be some missing faces just because we have been, we have been going really hard for the last oh, yeah. three months of just straight racing the whole way through. So I, I feel like, I feel like this week was a week in which several people just kind of took a day off. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I didn't really feel like racing either. It was beautiful out. I mean, it was gorgeous. It was like the sun was warm, but the wind was kind of yes, cool. It was beautiful. One of those days. Oh man. So not, not the greatest turnout, but we still love the turnout. I think anything over, honestly, anything over 30, you can still have many heats and still be able to kind of chill in between the rounds. You know, when you get yeah. towards a hundred, you can't take a break at all because we'd be there forever. Mm-hmm. So there's this, there's this nice area where it just kind of fills up and that's kind of what it was like on Saturday. We had, we had full heats after race four. And everybody that was there was, was real chill. Everybody was, was, uh, you know, getting lots of track time and, and, you know, getting in their qualifiers and stuff. So biggest class was 13, five, four wheel drive. We had 15 cars. Wow. So Did you race it? No, I'm, I put mine away. Getting beat by, by Owen Vanderbeek 
straight up is, is enough to make me put my car away for a while. <laughs> That's, <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the reason, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure somebody out there is like, yeah, you're just not racing because Owen beat you. Oh, Owen, Owen, he beat me straight up. It was good. Um, it's one of those reminders. It's a, what are the, what's that one saying? I'm always like, it's a, nothing reminds you more that you're racing a toy car than being beat by a nine-year-old. The winner is. So we had a B main. We had to run a B main because there's no way we're going to run 15 cars together. So Nick Sneathan and RJ Como took the bump in that one. Um, Nick's kids, Nevin was there. And, uh, at the start of this one, Nevin was actually almost in the lead and then, and then he kind of crashed out of it. So it was Nick and RJ getting the bump there. We got that out of the way real quick. Plex spec. We had five cars or Hunter Jackson's uh, brother and then Brady Papinow, Brady TQ'd, but Hunter, uh, stuck with him. And then there's a, there's a video online I took of the weekend. I kind of mashed it all together in one big video. So it was like a 35 minute long video. And you can see Hunter uh, winning it right at the end. It was crazy. Nice. A lot of crashing, but that's what Plex Specs all about anyways. Yeah. I let Nevin race so in Plex, so he got uh, third in that one. And then Jackson, RJ's kid, finished fourth. And uh, he helped Marshall a lot, so that was awesome. And then Lucian. Lucian's, uh, he didn't finish this race, but Lucian did finish the other two qualifiers. And he got more laps than he did last week, so he's already getting better. That's a win. Yeah. So, and he loved that little kid loves coming to the track, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's what we like. And then not to mention, uh, so we had 48 entries on Saturday, but we also had 30 something entries on Friday. Wow. That's uh, and 22 of them were Plex Beckers. So that's pretty awesome. So it's overall still a good weekend. You can't really complain about that at all. Four wheel mod. We had Tom and Mason come over from uh, Des Moines. This one was kind of close. Tom, uh, Tom TQ'd four wheel and he led the whole way, but he, he crashed one lap twice in the same lap and let Mason get close to him there. And then, and then it pulled away again. So at one point it was like five seconds with like two minutes left to go. That was a gap. Mm-hmm. And then that crash brought it back down to like two, two seconds. And then it ballooned back up to almost five seconds again. Aiden Olson's third Mitchell does what Mitchell does. Um, he's in fourth, <laughs> but Aiden, you know, Gosh, uh, he's, he's close. He rips off a couple fast laps and then he'll, and then he'll have a couple not so fast laps, you know, or he'll make a mistake and, and, and crash it out. And then he'll come back with another whole bunch of fast laps. I think everybody in this heat got a 20 second lap though, which is pretty fast. The track was actually really good. Track was very grippy on Saturday. So we had kind of a mixed bag truck class again. Dan Stevens and Chad Irwin came up. So they raced their mini truggies. Dan finished about four seconds ahead of Chad. And then TJ uh, won stadium truck in front of Josiah Roby and RJ Como. I think RJ's truck broke. Josiah might've popped a ball cup at some point and needed it back on. So TJ kind of walked away with this one in the trucks. But uh, I think trucks, one of his strongest classes um, yeah. out of the three that he runs. And then 13, five, four wheel driving main came up and uh court Tannehill, man, he was on fire. Uh, TQ'd and one. Dylan Reef came up and finished just ahead of Joe. That was a pretty good race up front, I believe, for most of it. Again, on that on that video I made, I think I kind of caught the first couple laps. No, I stayed with this one for like three and a half minutes, and then it got kind of boring, and then I, I cut back to the end. 
Dan Stevens, Ronnie Went, Rod Case, Chet Irwin, Nick Sneathan, RJ Como, and uh, TJ Williams. TJ broke his 22X4 on lap three. I think he lost a wheel or something. If I remember right. Stock buggy. So Jackson Anderson finally got a win in stock buggy. Wade Gehring wasn't there. It's been those two guys the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Corey Tannehill qualified second, finished second. Dylan Reef with his new Losi stuff, qualified fourth, finished third. Qualified fourth, finished third. There we go. Uh, Rob Connor was fourth and Nick Sneathan was fifth. And what's interesting to me about this is there's a pretty wide gap between first and last, but the names in here, like Robbins, Nick, like you can see them progressing now and getting better. Like mm-hmm. they weren't able to do 14 laps a couple of weeks ago. That's awesome. So they're, they're all improving. Mod buggy, you know, Tom and Mason again, Mason actually TQ'd. He, 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 he put down a heater, the second qualifier, but Tom ended up winning and there's a pretty big gap too, between them. To be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't see what happened because I was run I was actually racing. Yeah. Aiden Olson finished with a 16 flat. So the top two guys got 17. Aiden was on a 16 flat. Then way back was me 19 seconds back in fifth. And then Brian Burnt got a 1501. And Mitch, Mitchell Pavel was out with 10 laps. And I think he lost a wheel. No. I remember right. So yeah, this one really wasn't close between everybody. It was kind of close between me and Aiden for a little while there. And then like halfway through, it just blew up because I think I crashed. I turned into the pipe and then I crashed after that. And then I was just like, nah. Yeah, the, the track might not have been there because like, was it like a few weeks ago, I ran 17 laps in a qualifier. Yeah. So. Heck, my, my stuff was probably pretty good. I, yeah, I, uh, that you would have liked the track on Saturday. You could, when I was going yeah. out there to blow it off, when you walked on it, like if I wasn't careful, mm-hmm. I would, I would have accidentally picked up a piece of the track. It was sticking to my feet. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty awesome. So the track was really good. Heck, maybe, maybe I should have raced. Independent stock buggy. You had Jackson Anderson winning this one. Um, he almost gave it away, crashed on the last lap at the end of the straightaway where you basically don't want to crash, but luckily the marshal was there. But Joe Schnoes, so they finished seven tenths of a second apart. Joe Schnoes got a second. TJ Williams got a third. Nick Sneathan, Ronnie Went, Josh Ryan. Josh Ryan ran independent this week, giving it a giving it a go. Didn't finish last. David Golick, uh, Tom Baker was there, and Adam Hoffman. He went home. So that was your race day. Again, it was just kind of a laid back Saturday. It was it was really easy to get all those heats in. We had uh, eight heats all day, so that's. We were doing like an hour and 20 minutes around and then we'd take a break to blow and water the track off and then we get back to it. So I even got a right, uh, bike ride in later on that night. That's like the perfect day. Yeah. I think, thir- I think 30 to 30 to 50 entries is like the perfect yeah. race. I mean, that's not saying we wouldn't take more, but no, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, like as far as like time you're done, you know? Yeah. But Yeah. And it's like, holy cow, there's a, like, you know, you have those other other days, like, holy cow, there's a ton of people here. This is going to be awesome too, you know, but it's kind of like a, uh, it's a win-win, you know? Yeah. So overall, just kind of a, just kind of a really chill week. Really? Mm-hmm. We had some new products in. We expect more to come in here shortly. And then uh, we had a really good race day, Friday and Saturday, really I was working in the store Friday, so I didn't really get a whole lot of, oh no, I wasn't. Trevor called in sick. That's right. I had to mm. run the races on Friday. Okay. That is right. I forgot all about that. He's so. sick? Yeah. Yep. What's he sick with? Uh, I don't know. He 
he was sent home from school and with the COVID thing, you just, you, you just don't know you, if you're sick at all, they're all, everybody's going to assume that it's the virus, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having a two week vacation though. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the joke around the shop. Really? Like, <laughs> like we were going to go around licking doorknobs and stuff. So we get the two weeks yeah, off. I mean, <laughs> if we're exposed to it or we get it, I don't you know, do we not go into work then and just chill at home? Yeah. I don't know. Our, our work, we only get like one day of pay oh. and then you gotta use your vacation and stuff. So it was like, eh. yeah, I'd probably do that. I'd probably just use my vacation. Not worry about it. Although that would kind of screw up my whole October plans. I always burn up my vacation between doing like vacations. My wife wants to do an RC. I always end up owing vacation at the end of the year. I'm like negative all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we take a moment to take a, a listen to our sponsor, either David Olson or um, Don Zoller talk about their pivot lending group stuff. And then when we come back, we'll try to take some questions. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a pivot lending update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. This is uh, David Olson with Pivot Lending, and with me is Don Zoller. Don is in charge of our Nebraska Iowa production, and uh, we're just taking a minute to talk about break even analysis on refinancing and exactly what you want to be prepared for so you're not getting fooled by just a drop in rates because there's more to that calculation than seeing the price tag of the of an interest rate note drop. Let's just say you're currently at four and a half and it goes down to three, seven, five. And you're thinking this might be a good time for me to make a move from the 30 year that we just closed on the purchase into another 30 year. So I'm going to let Don talk about the details of that and also invite anybody listening to contact Don. And if you have your most recent closing disclosure, and also a mortgage statement, feel free to, again, contact Don, send that email, that information over to Don, make sure that you have it encrypted and we can figure out kind of what it takes for you to break even on any sort of refinance. And at that point, do you think that you will be in that house for more than three years or five years or six years, whatever that break even point is? And then following up with the additional months that you would save as an aggregate in that savings bucket. Don? So when I um, visit with someone who's interested in lowering their interest rate, first thing I do is have about a 10 or 15 minute conversation with them, go over their current mortgage, what they owe, what their interest rate is, how long they've been in it. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of talk through what the rates are now, what an interest rate would be for them based on credit history and that kind of thing. And then run some calculations to kind of let them know how many years it's actually going to take them based on what they're saving monthly to recoup the cost of doing the refinance. Obviously you've got closing costs and you've got to set up a new escrow account, that kind of thing when you do a refinance. So we want to make sure that you're not putting money out just to get a lower interest rate. If it's not going to benefit you in the long run, mm -hmm. if I can't see them recouping their costs in two to three, four years, maybe Anything longer than that, you know, a lot can happen in four or five years. Yeah, so it sure. doesn't always make sense 
to do the refinance just to get a lower rate if you're not planning on staying in the house very long or you know you're possibly going to be looking at a job transfer, that kind of thing. That's a really good point because in our servicing portfolio, I think the average turn time, I think it's five years now or four and a half. It used to be seven. Mm -hmm. So we we could count on a mortgage being on the books for seven years. And again, that's kind of why the 10-year bond is something we look at for a 30-year mortgage because the amount of time it's actually going to be on the books is, we used to think seven to 10 years, but now it's more like five Five years. Yeah, five to seven. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're exactly right. The closing disclosure tells us, let's just say total closing costs are two grand. Most of the time it's a little higher than that if your escrow or uh, funds to close is a little bit higher than that. But if you really want to break even analysis, you have to not only take in what your future costs are going to be, like on the closing statement, but you have to go back and prorate your last closing statement. So like if you refinanced a year ago and that refinance cost you three grand, you need to prorate out your 12 months based on that three grand. And let's just say there were still $2,000 left over mm-hmm. out of that. So you almost have to take that two grand plus the new two grand, or 2,500, right. and call it 4,500. And normally we don't see back-to-back refis so close because of COVID and all of that. So we traditionally just look at the closing disclosure and, and make the analysis on that. But I think everybody kind of needs to think about that if you purchased a home in January, or there was even a period in March, it was like three weeks where the rates were 5%. Higher than 5%. Yeah, it was nuts. So yeah. they, they came out with the new servicing rules and the investors. Forbearance. Yeah. And everybody just backed out of the market. Mm-hmm. So if you purchased a home in, in that 30-day window, chances are you've got a 5% rate, but you have to take a look at the aggregate of the total, the systemic costs within you know the last year, three years, whatever mm-hmm. that break-even amount is going to be. So. Right. And when the equity in homes is growing so fast right now, you know, we try and roll those yeah. closing costs into your loan. Yep. But if you're refinancing every year, every two years, and right. then in five years you get ready to sell your house and you ask yourself, yeah. why don't I have any equity? Well, because you've used it all to refinance three times. Right. So that doesn't. It's like trading up cars. Sense. Right. <laughs> right. It's like right. you're constantly upside down. <laughs> So if you're out there and you've refinanced or purchased within the last 12, 24 months, just make sure that you have your previous closing disclosure and your current mortgage statement that uh, you can provide to Don so that we can take a look at your entire picture just to make sure that you know how long it's going to take for you to break even. Because if you're just going off what the current proposal would be to refinance, which is probably what 80% of our industry does, It's a little misleading. And so that might tell you it's going to take you three years to break even. But when Dawn actually does the total math and takes in account of all closing costs prorated on the previous closing disclosure, it may be a five-year break even. So, which is still okay. But to Dawn's point earlier, a lot of things can happen on that fourth, fifth, sixth year. And we see that in our servicing portfolio. So just the benefit may not be there as much mm-hmm. as it might be in that third year. Because right. if you break even in three years and you have 24 months of that interest savings, that can be pretty significant based on your loan amount. So if you're looking to possibly do a refinance, see if we can get your interest rate a little bit lower. We want that free analysis on how it's going to benefit you. If it's going to benefit you, feel free to give me a call 402 
715-908-7159082. And we can go through your current mortgage statement, current closing disclosure that you did for your last mortgage and see if that's going to benefit you to refinance. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS check our uh, our facebook page one more time but i don't think we got very many uh questions i don't think we got we any youtube questions oh wait a minute wait a minute what's this what's this oh it's just a no no okay uh so we didn't get any on our facebook page which bums me out and again that one week i shared that and it got like like 800 views in a matter of an hour and then this only shows like like 40 people reached so i don't quite know what's going on with that sometimes the Facebook reaching is kind of weird, but we were getting canceled. Yeah. Um, we got plenty of people on YouTube right now. There's eight people. Um, yeah, that's a lot. So at one point we had like 11 or 12. It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, whatever. They probably got tired of us talking about vintage toys. Probably. Um, <laughs> so the first question is we still crawling. That was from Rodney Sorensen. I think, I think I answered that, that yeah, tomorrow we're definitely still crawling, but I think the following week I'm going to say that I'm going to be working on the track so guys can come out and use the crawler course. We just won't have like official crawling comp that night. So, so next Tuesday I'm going to be busy making sure the track is ready to go for the summer series. Joel Florkey's on here. He's a, uh, I wonder, I'm wondering if I can sell hats and t-shirts at RC tracks. What kind of hats? That's kind of a interesting question because a lot of places, if it's like a club and you're out, you know, like, let's say, let's say the Lincoln clubs having a, having a race, you could probably get away with it at most, most of those type of racetracks. But if you're at a commercial track, yeah, they kind of frown on people selling stuff in general, like new retail, they don't mind the used stuff, but like, right. 
you definitely don't want somebody from another hobby store somewhere bringing a truck and selling stuff out of that trailer. That's a big, that's a big no, no. Wasn't there a guy that like is a, like at a noble race? He just like set up like, or like pegboards and stuff. Yes. Yes. That's a big no, no dude. What the heck are you doing? You're at a hobby store. You, if you want to sell stuff, you got to go through us. Like we pay for the building. Everything here is paid for by that store. You don't get to just come in and sell stuff, especially new stuff, right? You stuff. Everybody sells you stuff. I sell you stuff, but uh, new stuff, but shirts and hats are kind of weird because like our store, we don't, we sell our own shirts, Hobbyplex shirts, you know, and hats. But I mean, we've had Jared Tebow come. He's got his stuff there. Yeah. Uh, you'd, you'd basically, yeah. you just got to ask each track for permission, I think is what the deal is. And it just depends on like, our, like, I wonder what that is. So are you like screen printing your own shirts, like for like personalized shirts for people? That'd right. be kind of neat. That would be kind of neat. Yeah. Also, I, don't be offended if the track you're at wants a cut. Yeah. Cause you're, you're using their place to sell yeah. stuff. You probably should give them something, you know? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's a question. We got one more question before we go. Okay, cool. Is eBay the only place to buy used RC besides hobby shops and swap meets? 402 RC Club. So me personally, I love eBay, right? So I, I recycle all my stuff through eBay. The reason I like selling stuff on eBay is because generally speaking, once it's gone, you don't have to ever see that or talk to that person ever again. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about not having to see the guy you sold something right. to ever right. again. If you sell locally... And he goes and blows the speed controller up a week later, you know, then he can come back. You sold me a bed. And you're like, no, it worked fine. You know, well then you can get your stuff plastered all over Facebook and stuff. So I'm not a big fan of selling locally. I'll, I'll put stuff on Facebook on the, on the clubs every once in a while, but it's gotta be stuff that I know is like not going to be completely ruined by somebody or I'll sell to somebody that I really know. So that I know they, you know, like TJ, I sold TJ my, my B6 a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right. You know, but, uh, but I think, I think Facebook marketplace and the, and the, the pages and stuff has really kind of taken, taken over probably, what do you think? At least 50% of that market? Probably more. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even post anything on eBay. I, I would just post everything on one of the Facebook groups. Yeah. Cause then they don't get a cut, you know, they're, well, they're I know. eBay isn't taking a cut of your, your, your monies. You can kind of hack eBay a little bit if you know what you're doing to get the least amount yeah. of fees though, too. Sure. But, but there's still fees. Even the least amounts of fees is still a fee. Yeah, I know. You could sell something. No fees. Yeah, that's true. On Facebook marketplace. Yeah, I know. And then you still use PayPal. Well, I also don't trust people though. That's why I use eBay. I suppose you probably still get scammed from eBay, but it it's, I've never had a problem, you know, and, and everything has a, has a chain. So if there's a, if there's a, if, you know, if the other person says, Hey, you sold me this, it was supposed to be ready to run or it was listed as a, as a ready to run. You sold me a roller. You can go, uh, dude, did you not read the description? It totally said roller everywhere. And I put, you know, I put in the description, this is a roller does not come with any of this and this and this eBay sees that and eBay will generally side with you, you know, as long as yeah. your description's good. So I just don't, <laughs> I have a hard time trusting people, but, uh, that, that's one of the reasons why I'm not, I'm not putting 
at more expensive stuff on the, on, on Facebook, unless it's somebody that mm-hmm. I really know. Yeah. So, but I, where else? I mean, we used to be RC tech, you know, I mean, that's still around, but I never, I haven't gone on RC tech in ages. There was yeah, always for sale stuff on there. Five years for me. Yeah. I think I got on there one time, a long time ago, or a few years ago, just to like try to find some of those old threads that people argue on. Yeah. <laughs> for entertainment purposes. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I don't know. Pretty lazy, easy show today. Will, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for meeting us down there. My, uh, yeah. My sister and brother-in-law bought a scooter today. Thanks to your nice. tutelage. Oh, um, so tomorrow is my birthday. Shut up. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm going to be 31. I didn't know that. Yeah. The only thing I want for my birthday is a five-star review on our podcast. Yes. Five-star review as per Will Britton's wishes. Give us five-star reviews so we can get higher up the totem pole. Thank you guys. This is, uh, this has been fun. Uh, we're getting another one in like show 29 or something like that. It's crazy. Make sure that you guys, uh, get a hold of pivot lending group at pivotlending.com if you want to get yourself uh, hooked up with a better rate or a uh, lending credit on a home loan or refinance through uh, pivotlendinggroup.com Aiden Olson's dad and uh, that's pretty much it we gotta go yeah and give us a five star review real yeah, quick five star you know, review. Yep. If, you had a, if you had something that needed five stars and needed to be reviewed I'd give you all the stars you asked for unless you sucked <laughs> then I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> no I would too Bye, guys. Yep, see ya. See ya on the flip-flop!